Hello, my sexy little nerds. Welcome back. I am so, so happy to be here. You guys literally have no idea. Shit has been, I'm going to be honest with you, shit has been dark. Not like dark in like a sense where it's like overwhelmingly dark, but just like very like blah. You know? You know what I mean? So before we begin today's episode, I'm just going to tell you a little about about what the fuck happened to me. Where have I been? I fell off the face of the earth. And I know all of you are fucking wondering, but don't worry. I promise it is relevant. So pretty much, I have multiple ideas for multiple episodes. And as you guys know, my first three episodes had guests. So I have guests lined up for these episodes. And you know what? Sometimes life just fucking happens. And for one of the episodes, someone's very busy, people are sick, and for the other episode, you know, it's a bit of a touchy subject, so I can't really get people to commit to it, which is fine, but it just means that I had to regroup, and clearly I did not regroup very fast. I was feeling down. I was feeling shitty. It is the middle of winter. I have seasonal depression. I have regular depression. And I just had the motivation to do absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. I haven't wanted to do shit. And that's just the God's honest truth. You know, things didn't go my way. I threw a tantrum and I laid under a blanket for three weeks. It's fine. Shit happens. But we're back, baby. All right? We're fucking back. And I am here all by myself all by my lonesome, we are going to try for the first time an episode with just you and I, just me and you, just a one-on-one conversation between the two of us. I'm a little nervous. I don't know how it's going to go, but I had decided once, you know, my guests, you know, God forbid, had like lives and like other things to do, I decided that I had to do something solo. And it was really hard for me to come up with a topic. I have a whole list of topics, but there wasn't any that were jumping out to me that I was like, I can do this by myself. At least not any yet. You know, we're still in the fledgling stages. We're still building confidence here. That's okay. We all start somewhere. So I was thinking and I was like, you know what? What always, you know, hits it right out of the park? And I was like, let me be honest about where I'm at and figure it out from there. And so I was driving and I was like, how am I feeling right now? Why don't I want to do this podcast? And I'm like, I'm really, really depressed. And I was like, okay, that's a start. We can start somewhere with that. And then I saw something on Facebook a few weeks later. So I had, I had continued to push it off. It's like something with depression. I saw something a few weeks later on Facebook. This was the 12th of January. And what did it say? It said, how many of y'all had had sex in 2021? And I stopped and I thought and I was like, holy fuck. I have not 
had sex in 2021. And I was shocked. I was shocked. And I know what you guys are thinking, Brooke, it's 12 days, don't be dramatic. But, you know, as Alex said in last episode, I have a very high sex drive. So two weeks minimum, I wasn't like counting everything, but two weeks minimum without sex, that's kind of a lot for me. And I was like, what is going on? I was like, wow, my libido must be really down. And that's when it hit me on the 12th. I haven't been motivated because I've been depressed. And in turn, my libido has been down. So that is what this episode is on today, folks. Depression, anxiety, and how it affects the libido. But I'm not done my story, guys, because that was the 12th, and now we're on the 21st. (laughs) Yeah, yep, now we're on the 21st. That was nine days ago. Brooke, where's your episode been? You figured out what the problem was. Where has it been? Well, I'm here to tell you guys that two days ago, on the 19th, I got laid. And when I say I am a new woman, I am invigorated. I am feeling like myself all over again. I'm not being dramatic. I got fucked. And you know, it was a good lay. But I got fucked. And now I have motivation again. The sun is shining a little brighter. There's a bit of a pep in my step. I'm listening to more hype music instead of that emo shit that I was listening to. Everything is just a little bit better and Brooke is feeling just a little more Brooke-like and now two days later I am here promising to bump out a fucking episode. Welcome to episode four, anxiety, depression, and the libido. All right, guys, now that I've told my little story, my little adventures of the past four weeks or lack thereof, I'm just going to jump right into it because you know what? I know that the words anxiety and depression get thrown around a lot in today's society, but what do they actually mean? And so just a quick disclaimer, I am going to be talking about anxiety and depression very broadly. I mean, you can have a million podcast episodes dedicated to each one of these separately. So I just want to give everyone a brief overview of anxiety and depression. So if I leave anything out, Just know that I'm aware that I'm only scratching the surface with these definitions and explaining exactly what they are. So depression or major depressive disorder is a common and serious medical illness that negatively affects how you feel, the way you think, and how you act. So some of the symptoms for depression or major depressive disorder is feeling sad or having a depressed mood, loss of interest or pleasure in activities once enjoyed, like podcasting, changes in appetite, weight loss or gain unrelated to dieting, trouble sleeping or sleeping too much, 
loss of energy or increased fatigue, increase in purposeless physical activity, or inability to sit still, pacing, handwriting, or slowed movements or speech. These actions must be severe enough to be observable by others, though. Feeling worthless or guilty, difficulty thinking, concentrating, or making decisions. Hello, that's like every day of my life. Or thoughts of death and suicide. So what are the things that play a factor in who has depression? There's biochemistry, so the differences in certain chemicals in the brain may contribute to symptoms of depression. So basically just a chemical imbalance in your brain. There's genetics. Depression can run in the family. For example, if one identical twin has depression, the other has a 70% chance of having the illness sometime in life. So genetics. Personality. People with low self-esteem who are easily overwhelmed by stress or who are generally pessimistic appear to be more likely to experience depression. So personality plays a part. Or environmental factors. Continuous exposure to violence, neglect, abuse, or poverty may make some people more vulnerable to depression. And of course, environmental factors can also include the weather. When should you talk to a doctor? So, you know, depression is pretty serious. And, you know, if you think that you may have depression, I really strongly encourage you to talk to your doctor, whether it's your primary care physician, whether it's a mental health therapist that you see, talk to them about this. But you should especially talk to your doctor if you have a loss of interest in most activities, you feel sad, empty, or hopeless most of the time, your weight and appetite has gone up or down, you don't sleep very well, or you have little or no energy most of the time. Now, I know that I have experienced each and every one of those at different stages of my depression. Like there was a time where I dropped 10 pounds. There was a time where I could only sleep two hours a night. There was a time where I couldn't sleep less than 12 hours a night. So for everyone, this looks different. And this can even evolve throughout your life. You know, you may experience one thing one year, but then something else a couple years later. And that's okay if like you're you know, hitting one of the symptoms, if you're hitting all of the symptoms, I really encourage you to talk to a doctor. So moving on to anxiety. What is anxiety? Anxiety is a normal reaction to stress and can be beneficial in some situations. It can alert us to dangers and help us prepare and pay attention. Anxiety disorders differ from normal feelings of nervousness or anxiousness and involve excessive fear or anxiety. Anxiety disorders are the most common of mental health disorders and affect nearly 30% of adults at some point in their lives. So ultimately, you know, anxiety was or is a good thing. It alerts us to danger. You know, it tells us when we're not in safe situations, but it's like an override of this anxiousness that is a problem. So some of the symptoms of anxiety are feeling nervous, restless, or tense, having a sense of impending danger, panic, or doom, having an increased heart rate, breathing rapidly or hyperventilation, sweating, trembling, feeling weak or tired, trouble concentrating or thinking about anything other than the present worry, having trouble sleeping, experiencing gastrointestinal problems or GI problems, 
having difficulty controlling worry, or having the urge to avoid things that trigger anxiety. So that's a lot, you know. And there's a range of factors that can contribute to anxiety disorder as well, including trauma, stress buildup, personality, other mental health disorders, having blood relatives with an anxiety disorder, and drugs or alcohol. And you should see a doctor if you feel like you're worrying too much and it's interfering with your work, relationships, or other parts of your life. Your fear, worry, or anxiety is upsetting you and difficult to control. You feel depressed, have trouble with alcohol or drug use, or have other mental health concerns along with anxiety. You think your anxiety could be linked to a physical health problem, or you have suicidal thoughts or behaviors. If this is the case, seek emergency treatment immediately. So again, this is just a really broad outline of anxiety and depression. And I'm just going to reiterate it again because I think it's so important. If you think that you relate to any of these, please talk to someone. Go see a mental health physician. They can really help you. Um, I know personally, I got put on anxiety medication when I started college. I went from Philadelphia to New Orleans. You know, the big move was really stressful. It was hard being away from my family, um, adjusting to a different culture, adjusting to being on my own, adjusting to a different way of living. It was all just really difficult for me. And um, I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't eating. I was having a lot of difficulties with the adjustment. And so my doctor prescribed me medication. Um, I haven't taken that medication in over two years. And so, um, you know, with his with his advice, like, I was only really taking it to sleep anyway because um, medication generally tends to affect me really heavily. And so I was I was really only taking it to sleep because if I took it before class or something, I'd be I'd be knocked out in the class. It was like game over. But, you know, I spoke to my doctor. I said, I, I think I can cope with these symptoms now. I have healthier habits. Um, I would like to not take this anymore. And so we discussed the plan of action. I've been off the medication since. Depression was a little bit different. He had diagnosed me with that a long time ago, but I really was hesitant to take depression medication. You know, there's a lot of stigmas around mental health and depression medication especially. And I was really reluctant. I was super reluctant to take depression medication. But there was a point in time where I was having panic attacks so bad that I couldn't concentrate. I couldn't focus. I was dropping weight. I wasn't sleeping. I was sleeping too much. I was gaining it all back. It was like a vicious cycle. And ultimately, I was not able to function. I was just not functioning like a normal human being. And I could barely get anything done. And I was so exhausted all the time. So eventually, um, I went on depression medication and... In my experience, it has been one of the greatest things I've ever done for myself. I now know what a baseline feels like. I'm a very passionate and emotional person. And so my highs were really high and my lows were really low. And that sounds like great in theory, except when you're going up and down and up and down and up and down like that so much, you just get exhausted from all the emotional energy that you're spending. And so now I don't, I I definitely do get really down sometimes still. And I definitely do get really up sometimes still, but it's definitely 
more normal and more right sized when these things happen. And so I'm I'm much more functional and I am so grateful for the depression medication that I am on. And so again, if you're thinking about any of these things, consult with your doctor. You have no idea how it can change your life. I have a friend that just got on depression medication and you know, it's it's gonna mess with your with your chemicals at first and at first you're gonna have some weird side effects but like once she got over the hump she's really grateful that she started it too because it's just much easier when you're so high strong like her and I were to just be able to get through the day with just this little bit of help and I am on the same medication that I started in 2017 I have not had to up my dose at all and it's worked perfectly for me and I'm really lucky but you know you do have to give yourself time to adjust to both of these things and um you know continue to consult your doctor and you know change if needed it's okay that if the first one doesn't work for you that's pretty typical and it's pretty normal so you know keep consulting with your doctor so how does anxiety and depression affect the lib Beto, that's why we're all here, Brooke. All right, you can stop telling your stories about your personal history with your mental health issues. Nobody really fucking cares. Just kidding. I know you guys care. And this is really just so, you know, I can relate to you guys and you guys don't have to feel so alone. Um, But how does it affect the libido? Well, as you heard a little bit earlier, at least from me, it has a large effect on the libido. And we will go over that again. But the libido, what it is, is... It's another word for it is sex drive, and it's a person's overall sexual drive or desire for sexual activity. And the libido is influenced by biological, psychological, and social factors. So what this indicates is that your libido can be affected by what's happening in your body, what's happening in your brain, and what's happening in your life. So pretty much everything that's going on affects your libido. So when you're feeling down or depressed, you're less likely, you know, to feel all sexy and confident and worthy. You know, that little like voice in your head is being like, you're not hot, you're not worthy. That's just not true. But ultimately, you know, sometimes we can't help these things. We can't help these thoughts and it really can hinder your sex drive. So your libido is usually heightened by certain hormones called dopamine, and we talked a lot about dopamine in episode three, so if you haven't heard that, go back to episode three and hear all about dopamine. But during an anxious episode, adrenaline actually increases in your brain and your fight or flight response is triggered. So pretty much what's happening during anxiety is like your brain is like sending off signals to your body that you're in danger and something is wrong even though that might not be the case and so your adrenaline goes up and when your adrenaline goes up you know the feel-good chemical dopamine isn't really as present you know adrenaline and dopamine are kind of like opposites your adrenaline goes up your dopamine goes down because you're not feeling relaxed you're not feeling good so if you're hyped up on adrenaline you're not (laughs) you're not ready necessarily like ready to like jump in bed and have like a nice relaxing like fuck sesh or a nice exciting fuck sesh like you're ready to like run out the door like you're jumping out of your skin because like your brain's telling your body that there's something wrong 
And that's just not the truth. And another thing you have to consider is that if you are really anxious and really amped up, the chances of you orgasming are a lot lower because when you orgasm, your body is super relaxed. You're just in this very relaxed, very safe space. And if you're not feeling relaxed and you're not feeling safe, you are not going to come. Whether that means you're not going to ejaculate or you're not going to orgasm, men, you can go limp, you know, erectile dysfunction comes into play. Women, you might dry up and your pelvic floor will just reject the fact that you're having sex. And so it can make it even painful. So you want to make sure that if you're anxious, you know, you're finding a way to relax before the intercourse or during the intercourse so that you will be able to reach climax. And so there's a lot of things that I learned in therapy to help me balance my anxiety when I start to get these panic attacks. If you are feeling very anxious, pet a furry animal. And why this is is because, you know, if you're getting chased by a bear, you're not going to stop to pet an animal. You know what I mean? So if you are sitting there petting an animal, stroking a soft animal, it increases the amount of dopamine in your brain, which is that reward chemical, and it's telling your brain, like, oh, actually, I'm not in danger, or else I wouldn't be doing this. Another thing that really helps for me is eating, or especially sucking on hard candy, because if you're eating and your digestive system starts working, it tells your brain, like, hey, I'm like sitting here eating a meal like there's not any danger because I'm sitting here eating a meal. So if you just get like, you know, those like peppermints or like those Werther's, you know, the shit that your grandma always has in her goddamn house that you hate, those are actually really good to help alleviate some of that like physical anxiety that you have. For the mental anxiety, something that I really like to do is I pick a number between 100 and 999 and I start to count back by seven which is actually very difficult um I really like math and I was like oh that's gonna be a no-brainer it's a brainer and it's hard so you start 999 992 985 and you just keep going like that it really just helps because you start focusing on something completely different and it just calms you down really quickly and if you get to zero and you need to do it again, you absolutely can do it again. And that is something you can do literally anywhere at any time. So I really recommend that you try either of those things, any of those things. If you're starting to feel really anxious or if you get a lot of like anxious episodes, you know, like stash some fucking Worthers, you know, steal them from your goddamn grandma and stash them in your goddamn purse. So that next time you have an anxiety attack, you have these things. For depression, there's a lot of different ways that you can help with that and you know again it's about it's about boosting that dopamine so you have to do things that trigger your reward center and I know I know how difficult that can be trust me there's sometimes I can't get out of bed there's sometimes I can't shower there's sometimes I can't eat and so I'm sitting here gonna be like oh you gotta do you gotta do some stuff to like trigger the dopamine well you know, it's going to help. And if you can really like muster it up to like get out of bed and do these things, it's going to make you feel so much better. 
also something that I like to do is I like to work out and oh my god it's so hard to get to the gym even when I'm not depressed but when I'm depressed I like to pick a friend get an accountability or pick like a workout class that people know I'm going to and get there just so someone else is holding me accountable someone else is there to be like where are you and I feel a little bit more obligated to go to these things working out releases so much dopamine and it's so helpful in just alleviating some of those really depressed feelings another thing that you can do if you don't like to work out is take a walk I got a dog to help alleviate my depression and it works because I have to get up and I have to walk that dog like four or five times a day and you know (laughs) looking at that dog makes me so damn happy you know what I mean I'm not saying adopt an animal if you don't think you can handle it of course but I'm I'm saying from my experience like having this dog has helped so much because it forces me to get up it forces me to get out of the house forces me to take a walk and you know dogs are just fucking great my cats are great too but they don't want to be walked I've tried. It doesn't work. So yeah, when you're feeling anxious or you're feeling depressed, like I totally get it. Fucking is not at the forefront of your mind. You do not feel sexy. You do not feel like you want to talk to other human beings, let alone touch other human beings. You don't want to touch yourself. And, you know, sometimes like for me, it's just like not at the forefront of my mind. And I just like forget about sex for a while. And it's just like not something I'm thinking about. And other times, you know, like if you have a partner, that can be especially hard. And I've been in those situations where I've had a partner and I have been just very much in a depressive episode and I've been like, this is not you. And I think one of the best, you know, things for you to do in that scenario is just be openly communicating with your partner because a lot of times when we feel depressed we feel isolated and so if you can go if you have a partner and you can go to your partner and be like I'm just feeling really depressed and it's not you and I just am not feeling sexy right now this is um it's just not it's just not a good time it's the winter whatever whatever you need to say and a lot of times like having those conversations with your partner are make you feel more intimate with them and can ultimately make you want to have sex with them a little bit more. You know, if you are a partner and your significant other comes to you and says, I'm feeling really depressed and that's why I don't want to have sex with you right now. I'm really sorry. I mean, there's like certain things that like you can do to help them and not necessarily like help lead them to sex, but help and like make them feel a little bit better. I know as a woman, like if I'm depressed, like I'm not feeling sexy, I'm feeling fat, I'm feeling gross, I'm feeling nasty, I'm like judging myself, like make them a warm bath, buy them a fucking bath bomb, get them some goddamn candles, all that shit together could cost you like, I don't know, 20, 30 bucks and you set that shit up for them, you put their fucking laptop on the toilet with Netflix, and you set their bath, and you're like, listen, babe, I know you've been feeling really depressed, and so I did this for you, and just get them in a bath. It helps them get clean. It helps them relax. It helps them feel loved and understood, you know, and ladies, if you have a man that seems depressed, I mean, you can do something similar, what does he like? Get him food. I mean, every man fucking loves food. You know what I mean? Get him food. Do something nice for him. 
ask him if he wants a blowjob because he might that might make him feel better and he might agree i mean i don't know of a guy that says no to blowjobs but that's just me and i think that might be a little off topic but you know just ultimately the point of that is like open up to your partner if you have one and if you are a partner and your partner opens up to you and says oh i'm just like feeling really depressed lately like there are little things you can do to help can you fix them no you cannot fix them and you ultimately will not be making them feel better long term but you can do like short term things to like show up and be of service to them and help them out and help them feel less alone and like that is really what's super important is to just be able to show up for your partner because eventually like you might need that too and that's the fucking tea so one of the things that I mentioned um is that I have been on anxiety medication I have been on depression medication and unfortunately for us It's not just the depression itself that may interfere with sexual health or the anxiety itself that may interfere with sexual health, but in fact, the medication that you are prescribed can have effect on the libido. It's like a double-edged sword, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm depressed and I want to be able to, like, fuck my partner, but then I'm going to start this medication and it's going to make me want to fuck my partner less. What? What? Okay, <laughs> I know it sounds tough, right? It's like, what what do I do in that situation? Ultimately, like I said, you don't know how each type of medication is going to affect you. So you just have to try it out and talk to your doctor and tell them what your concerns are. That's literally what they're there for. But, you know, there are certain, there are certain medications that are common culprits and that's MAOIs, there's SNRIs, there's SSRIs, and there's tetracyclic and tricyclic medications and so I'm on an SSRI and I can attest that it affects my libido and but hear me out people I am more likely to want to fuck if I'm on an antidepressant than if I'm off an antidepressant Historically, however, I, (laughs) it's probably really good that these SSRIs kill libido because as you guys already know, I'm a fucking hornball and I have very high sex drive. So there have been times where I have forgotten to refill my medication and like I get them refilled every 90 days. So it's just like when it comes around, I'm just like, oh, fuck, like it's just not here anymore. And then it takes me forever to get to the pharmacy for whatever reason. I just don't like going to the pharmacy. And so there have been times where I have accidentally like detoxed from my depression medication. I don't recommend that. It's not healthy. Don't do it without a doctor's consent. But I have detoxed off of my depression medication. And when I tell you that I am a fucking ravenous monster when this happens. It is like anything I've ever seen. I scare even myself. Like, you know that emoji of, like, the fucking, like, red devil guy with, like, the horns and he's got, like, the crazy-ass face? That is me when I come off of my depression medication. I am ready to hump every single man and woman that I see that comes across my path 
it is disturbing how horny I get when I come off of my medication. So you know what? It is better for the entire world, the entire world, that I stay off of my medication because I'm still trying to fuck like three times a day. So it's like all consuming for me, you know? And so I don't really have any problems with the libido thing, you know? You might, but I don't. And that's my experience. And I would love to hear your experience if you guys have any. You know? Because that shit fucking sucks. That shit fucking sucks. When you're like, oh, my libido should be higher, but it's not. And it's because of this damn medication that's keeping me sane. What do I do? What do I do? It's just like, it's tough. And you know what? You got to navigate these waters, but you don't got to navigate them alone. All right? Because we're all out here and we all just want to fuck. But we're all depressed, too. You know what I'm saying? Just stuff these days. And finally, the topic that I have just been waiting, waiting, waiting to talk about this entire time. How does sex affect anxiety and depression? So first we had how does anxiety and depression affect sex? And now we're flipping the switch. How does sex affect anxiety and depression? Well, as you guys probably know, sex and sexual intercourse helps lower both anxiety and depression. And you know what? I can attest to that. And I can attest to that because I literally just fucking did it. You know, I was so depressed. I was in a slump. I was feeling unmotivated. I got fucked. My shit got rocked. And we're fucking back, baby. And I'm feeling like myself all over again. Sex increases the amount of dopamine in your brain as it triggers that rewards center in your brain and you get these happy-go-lucky feelings. Intimacy in general can help with your anxiety and your depression. So even if you're not fucking, hold your partner's hand. Make out with them. And that's going to really help alleviate your anxiety and your depression. You know, and you can start little bits at a time you can start little baby steps hold your partner's hand give them a kiss when they don't expect it make out with them you know what I mean and I'm saying like if you're the one with the anxiety and depression if you're not the one with the anxiety and depression please don't push it because it is going to make them feel more isolated and alone you're just gonna have to wait (laughs) Like that, it's unfortunate. Like I said, you can do those little things to help, but you're just going to have to wait. But if you're the one with anxiety and depression and you really feel like God awful and you really want to just burst out of this slump, get fucking laid. Get your shit rocked. Get your dick sucked. Get your vagina licked. Bounce up and down on that dick. Get it from behind. Tell them to pull your hair and spank you. I don't fucking care what it is. However you like to get dick down or however you like to dick down, do it. Do it. Even if you don't feel like doing it, you can do it. Of course, do it safely. Do it with someone you're comfortable with because you're already feeling really vulnerable and emotional in this state. So do it with somebody you're really comfortable with. There's somebody, I've mentioned him before, that I've been sleeping with since I was young. Not young, but like, you know, younger. And I'm very comfortable with this man. I've known him for, I don't know, 15 years or something like that. 
you know? So when I'm feeling some type of way and I'm trying to use sex as a way to get out of it, he's who I call because I'm very comfortable with him. So I really recommend that, of course, you stick with somebody you're comfortable with, you know, and somebody that you trust and even have a conversation with them. Be like, I'm feeling really shitty right now. And like, I just want some company. I mean, like, that's what I do. And like, you know, he can tell if I want to have sex or if I don't because we know each other so well. And so, you know, sometimes I'll come over and we'll just like hang out and cuddle and like watch TV and having that like personal intimacy, like connection with this person makes me feel so much better, you know, cuddle, you know, try not to isolate. I mean, it's just like that's like one of the worst things you can do. And, you know, fuck, fuck like your life depends on it. Because, I mean, it might. <laughs> it's it's always worked for me. There have been so many times in my life where I have been depressed and I have fucked to cure that depression. Maybe it's not the best coping skill, but chemically, in your brain, it makes sense. And it works for me. And that's what I like. And it helps. It helps me a lot. I mean, like... You know, I can sit here and I can eat and I can not eat and I can exercise and I can do all the things, but nothing's going to cure my depression like a good old-fashioned fuck sesh. Nothing. Just nothing in the world. And that's just the way it is, you know? Sometimes with the anxiety, you know, I have, a, I have an opposite experience with anxiety occasionally where it's like if I'm really amped up, I got to fuck it out, you know? I just have to have sex and get it out. But sometimes with anxiety, it's the opposite. I want to close off. But just having that, like, interaction with another human being, just having some intimacy with another human being can really help alleviate both of those symptoms. Guys, this is the end. This is the end of the episode. This is the end of my first solo episode. And I am feeling really good. I'm feeling really good about it. And I'm really excited that we could have this conversation there are so many different ways that we could go with this conversation and this won't be the last time you hear about the libido and you won't and you will hear about a low sex drive we will be getting back to it in different forms in different functions in different ways for different reasons but ultimately there are so there's a few things that I just want you guys to take out of this if you're feeling anxious or depressed talk to a doctor it's okay. You're absolutely not alone. We're all in that boat with you. If you're feeling depressed or anxious and your libido is down, that is also okay. Don't let yourself get caught up in the circle, in the vicious cycle that will ensue. Oh, I don't feel sexy. I don't want to have sex, but now I feel like shit because I don't want to have sex. Don't feel like shit because you don't want to have sex ever. Talk to your partner be transparent. Tell them what's up. And if you're a partner, be supportive. Help them out in any way you can. Don't ask them how you you can help out because ultimately they don't know. But just do things that they like, you know? Just Just be conscious of what's going on and try to, you know, just bring little bits of happiness to them in ways that they like. And ultimately, the final thing that I want you guys to get out of this is that sex helps your mood if you're fucking moody have sex if you're depressed have sex if you're anxious have sex because it's gonna help it's gonna help 
And this podcaster is here to tell you that it helps her. And that is why this episode is getting released today. So shout out to that guy who fucked me on Tuesday. Because you know what? This fucking episode is dedicated to you, buddy. You did great. You you put me back on track. And I'm really excited to be back with you guys. So I promise, I will make this promise now, that I will never not get fucked for that long ever again. That's it for now, guys. Don't forget to subscribe on Spotify and on Apple. Don't forget to follow on Instagram at the Slutty Scientist Podcast. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook, the Slutty Scientist Podcast. Know you and Slutty. Don't forget to tell your friends. Don't forget to tell your parents. Don't forget to rate on Apple Podcasts either because all these things are really going to help me. I really want to get this out to as many people as possible because I've gotten so much positive feedback about how these episodes have affected your lives. And that is what it's all about. This is, yes, I want to hear myself talk, but I also just want to get these messages out to you guys that everything that you're experiencing, everything that you're doing is A-O-K. And the one rule that we have is send it safely, nerds. Until next time. Be, 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 be